0: Hi, I'm Spicy Dicey, and I'm Chantal Renee, and And we love love sex and horror. horror. These are topics we love to write about as published authors. I love all things spicy and dicey, and I'm a big fan of sex and the sinister.
1: Thanks for joining us for some dark, twisted, sexy, uncensored fun as we discuss sex sex and and horror. horror.
0: This is the amazing Jay Mazur.
2: Amazingly, yes. Tis I, tis I. How are you, ladies?
1: We're great. Thank you for joining us tonight.
2: Well, I'm so excited you guys are having me. It's wonderful. I've been excited <laughs> about this. So.
1: Yes, awesome. Cool,
2: cool.
0: I had to so switch everyone- rooms, ladies, because the neighbors have their yep, 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 dog outside.
2: So hopefully, y'all don't hear the dog out there barking. <laughs> well, if there's a dog barking, my neighbors behind me have—I don't know if it's a wolf or what it is. Or oh, there's wow. something, or there's some good times going on back there because there's a lot of howling coming from the neighbor's yard. So oh, I wow. don't know. I don't know what's going on back there. So, <laughs> do you have any pets yourself? I sure do. I got a big dog. I have a. She's a munch. She's a cross between a couple big dogs, but she's mostly Weimaraner. So she's a big kind of. Aww. You know, in her natural state, would be a hunting dog, but she's an actual baked potato. She just she likes the couch. Um, she thinks she's people and she's in my business right now. So if, uh, you have Jay, do you
1: have any snakes or yeah. spiders? You you strike me as somebody that might have something like that. You know,
2: it's funny, I used to when I was younger, <laughs> uh, when I lived back home in Canada, I had a snake. I did have a bird eating tarantula. They're not as dramatic as they sound. Um, they're actually yeah. really quite docile. My sister had a tarantula for twenty six years they can that live that a long lifespan yes she took a really good care his name was Bob the sixth um <laughs> and he was called Bob the sixth because she worked at a grocery store and she would always bring home bugs from the produce so she brought home a black widow in a jar and my mom just about beat her ass she's like no <laughs> we don't bring home poisonous insects." so Bob was in fact the sixth spider she had, but it was actually purchased by her husband for her birthday. So, wow, yeah, really I, sweet story. But Bob is, you know, rests in peace. In his- I could <laughs>
1: not do it, but I, I, am I'm, uh, I'm impressed that someone else can. You know, that's your thing. Yeah,
2: I don't know. <laughs> you know, I briefly had this. I worked in a pet store, so I, mm. I, br- I brought home anything. I don't know if I could have a spider again because they do give me the heebie-jeebies a little bit um oh yeah they they don't really do anything but it's like when is this motherfucker gonna jump at me like when are they (laughs) because because you know it's gonna jump like you know eventually it's gonna fake you out or something because they do that i mean it's a spider that's what they do um but yeah no i don't know if i'm i'm about that anymore i can have a snake but yeah
0: i tell you i feel quite guilty now because i used to tease the guys when i worked at the wild collection that if one of the spiders got out of its cage i'd just set a match to the place i'm like i really wish i'd never seen it oh, oh, <laughs> oh yeah too soon,
2: too soon. but i feel that i feel that because really the only yeah. way to deal with these things is a flame for daycare there's a spider running around sorry kids um run for your lives i'm the first one out bye yeah yeah uh-huh.
1: yeah I, I don't do spiders
2: no yeah. insects like my my sister i think my sister wanted a scorpion. I said, you know why? Why do we why do we need to have that as a pet? Like I'm not sure I want to have sleep with one eye open, but yeah. you know, maybe <laughs> Okay. I I guess we kind of skipped the,
1: the the gun. Let me go back a little bit for anyone joining us. We have Jay Mazer on with us and she is a horror creature author.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know what? It is appropriate because I sure ninety nine percent of what I write is creature horror. Now yeah. for sure. Yeah. I remember that from, uh, from we, we've we been on a couple of
1: panels at Comic Palooza over the last couple of years, and I remember you talking in depth about creature horror. Yeah. That's what stood out to me, creature.
2: Creature. Cree- definitely creature. It's something that I've been fast. I've always been fascinated with it. Uh, one of the very first books I read, a horror book, I was quite young, I think I was seven or eight. It was one of those, dad gave it to me, mom didn't know. Uh, it was Dean Kuhn's Watchers? I don't know if you've read oh, it. It's, yeah. been, it's got the dog yes. and the, the the engineer monster, and it scared the living shit out of me. We were camping yes. when I had it, um, and Dad's like, "Read this, entertain yourself," and it terrified me. Now I don't know if it stands the test of time. I haven't read it in many many years, but it right, still right. stands out as really horrifying me. And although I like a good smattering of books, I certainly gravitate towards the creature horror supernatural now, creature horror
0: but let's 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 let the reader i mean readers <laughs> listeners know and Positive possibly readers, readers. yeah yes. um jay herself is a very tall l- lanky woman and it's true with this, beautiful you, tattoos yes beautiful woman not, nonetheless mm-hmm. but my
2: question to you is did you ever kind of feel like a creature Oh, for sure. Like I was right from kindergarten, I was the tallest kid in my class. It runs in my family; we're all quite tall. Um, and it i was uncomfortable with it. And then when yeah. I was a teenager, it was devastating—like high oh. drama, devastating. And my mom, how like, tall are you? Like, I'm six feet. So I mean, I'm not okay. Brienne of Tarth tall. Like I'm not right. gigantic, but I do stand out in the crowd. And yeah. and when I got into my mid i really embraced it it was i love it and i wear platform shoes now to convince people are like you look ridiculous i'm like i look ridiculous looking down on you so right uh, you look ridiculous you look like something i might
0: munch on so you better shut
2: up (laughs) i actually had a woman uh that was two years ago um we were on a panel together And she requested that I not wear heels because she didn't want me to be taller than her. And I said, Oh, darling so that was the very first time I wore platforms and actually they were yours <laughs> <laughs> no, <that's right. laughs> and I was I said, like well, please with or without the shoes you're gonna be towering over <laughs> I, well that's the thing is I mean I'm naturally quite a bit taller than everyone anyways so now yeah. if you ask me to not wear heels because I can't be the tallest bitch in the room I'm gonna wear the tallest heels in the room right. so I mean I think that that issue you know I passive-aggressive yeah that's the war i us. call that the
1: warrior spirit you're
2: not gonna tell me what to do well I'm now here. that's it i'm yeah. the Amazon yeah. queen here yeah <laughs> so i do embrace my height and i know we don't have any younger listeners hopefully um but if we do you'll love it whether you're really short or really tall you're gonna love that when you're old or whatever you are because right. i have short little itty bitty friends like molly mm-hmm. and angie i know you're out there and they, they're they so cute, uh, you know, and they they get all mad when I pat them on the head, but they're so tiny and they're very like Marjorie Tyrell, but I do pat a lot of people on the head. So. Well, I'm glad
1: I'm not short. I'm just average. Yes. No,
2: no, no, you're not short at all.
1: I, I, would, I would feel like, oh, you know, if I got patted on the head, that would be like, oh.
2: People don't like it. Men really don't like it. Um, <laughs> I don't do it unless provoked though like if you sure. provoke me if you're really disrespectful you're gonna get pat on the head like oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> or aren't you count? Mm-hmm. So. So.
1: <laughs> and you me- you mentioned you were Canadian how long have you yes. been here in the-, in the states
2: oh we're going we're coming up nine years okay the whole time she we're in Texas years. The whole time, right where I am, right in Houston. Yep. Mm, so nice. we came straight from Western Canada down here. So a uh, huge culture shock for us. Of course, we just assume, <laughs> you just assume that everything is the same. It's North America. I mean, how different could it be? Oh, it's night and day.
1: Oh. Night and day.
2: So I do like the culture in Houston. I think it's mm-hmm. it's quite... Um, it's more diverse than Dallas. Now, I don't have a yeah, lot of sure. experience with Dallas. Um, but just what I've seen, it's a good. It's, there's a good, strong writing community here, which I really, really like. I mean, you that guys know, um, Dicey, you've been particularly supportive of the indie author community here. And it really stands out at cons. And Chantel, I mean, you were mm-hmm. one of my first contacts when I mm-hmm. moved here. Uh, I think it was with the Writers Guild, I met. Was it with the Writers yeah. Guild?
0: Yeah, we yeah. were at a table together at one of the cons.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. so, I mean, mm-hmm. you ladies have been, the whole community has been really fantastic. So, mm. I really like that. And I think I miss home. I love Canada. But oh. when you have a bigger population and a more diverse population, you get mm. people like this. You get support like this. So, that's, yeah. I love it. It's good. And the weather. I like not being at minus 40.
1: Right. <laughs> is it is it true that Canadians are nicer? Are they just nicer?
2: <sighs> oh. I want to say yes, but no, it's not true at all. Not even a little bit. (laughs) Um, We're more, it's a different mood up there. And I can't speak to all of Canada. I can speak to most of it, but I can't speak to all of it. Um, It's more laid back. It's not as intense. It's definitely Mm. a more chill country and not not just since pop became legal a few years ago. We were always kind of Ah. more chill, but friendliness, like the Southern hospitality thing is real down here like you don't get overt friendliness
3: in oh. Canada. Pe-
2: people are nice and people are polite people are just calmer people are we don't have politics we don't have a bipartisan system our system's completely different
1: yeah.
2: um we don't have hot button issues and we don't have a lot of we don't have homelessness we don't have um Man. we don't have as much trouble with racism and sexism and you know homophobia. It's there, mm-hmm. but it's not as prevalent and it's definitely not tolerated. I so mm-hmm. you don't see it's a little more chill. People don't get as excited about stuff.
1: So. Sounds nicer to me. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. I, and now- I'll never forget this uh this this little video. I don't know if y'all have seen it, but it was a little clip. I saw it several times within a short Period of time, but it's been years ago now. But it was uh, a video in the snow. It was supposed to be uh, representative of how nice it is in Canada. And it was snowing. It was snow covered everywhere. And this, it it looks like the guy is a suspect and maybe a robbery or something. And he gets out of his car. He can't. The wheels are spinning, and he's trying to push his car. And the cops yes. that's chasing him gets out, and he's trying to push his own car. Instead of arresting the to guy, get you, the know guy. I mean? uh, you know,
2: it's funny because a lot of the memes <laughs> that you see about Canada, they're funny and a lot of them are staged, but they're not incorrect. <laughs> like, oh there was one going around, it was a guy in an army outfit, but like his hat was, I know it's not a hat, whatever you call it, was backwards, and his mm-hmm. buddy was towing him around in a little red wagon. It's like, this is the Canadian military no that's literally our military <laughs> like we, don't, oh we don't really have we we don't have a military so to speak i mean we do i shouldn't say that sorry armed forces people but we don't we're more peacekeeping we don't have the force that america has and we don't use it like our military clears the road of moose um you know i mean it's not very we our news is not we don't have a lot going on it's not very exciting so and you have free health care We got free health. Now, yes. But (laughs) now I pros and cons. Yes, we have free health care, meaning I could go to any doctor, any specialist, any hospital. I'm not going to pay for it. Um, Our taxes are quite a bit higher. So I don't know if you could look at it as free health care. It's just it's covered in the end. Yes, it costs a lot less because I'm not you're not paying. For anything like if I needed surgery tomorrow or something happened or whatever, I'm not paying anything. I'm not going into debt for my healthcare, so that it's good. Um, Hmm. Wages are higher in Canada, so I guess that kind of covers the increase in taxes. I mean, it it evens out, but the free healthcare is nice. And you just
0: got to be careful that you don't go outside with any of your digits damp and it freezes, and you have to get it broken off. Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) And that's you know what people are not shitting you about that, like frostbite. So down here, what do you guys have? You have the heat index. Is is the humidity mm-hmm. index. Um, up there, you have the wind chill, and frostbite warning. Like the your weather channel will say, you can be outside for three minutes before you start turning black. Like you. Can't. Oh wow! Yeah, it's wow. it's cold. So I know where I'm from in Western Canada. It's really cold for a good portion of the winter, but the summers are quite nice. Like you're still getting eighty, ninety degrees in the summer so it's beautiful mm-hmm. but it's shorter and yeah did you keep Which, your citizenship so if you had to go get surgery would you go over
1: there to get that surgery
2: oh I absolutely would yeah although I have had <laughs> surgery here I did have my gallbladder out so that oh was, yeah that was a fun bill that I was mesmerized that I got oh, like, you go yeah I'm like <laughs> wow. Well, so it's because I'm not residing my address is not in Canada I'd have to go back for 6 months. If it was something emergency oh, okay. I could I could do it. I could still mm. do it. But yeah, no, I have a green card, but I'm still a full Canadian citizen. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: That's so wild so, to think about.
2: Uh, yeah. Whenever we have guests
1: that have traveled abroad or lived abroad, we always get into all of that. It's just fascinating, you know, because I've never I have been the differences. Canada, but, huh?
0: The differences
2: yeah yeah i'm I'm always fascinated by that, you know just well, and something relating this is a bit of a tangent, but relating specifically to your show here is I remember when we first moved down, um, and Canada is politically we have a whole bunch of parties, but you have the two main parties with the liberals and the conservatives, which I assume are could be comparable to your left and right. Now, mm-hmm. our right or our conservatives would be your far left. Like, I could not believe how conservative it was down here compared to Canada. Right. And the, two, hmm. the two examples were um, we had been here for about a month and I went to rent a movie. I believe Blockbuster was still here. Would that Mm. be correct nine years ago? I don't know. Yeah. Um, And I wanted to rent Antichrist, that movie with Willem Dafoe. I don't know if it Yeah. I couldn't get it. And I said to the guy, I'm like, what the shit? He's like, Mm -hmm. well, no, it's not, you know, the corporate won't approve having this here because there's genital mutilation and whatever. I'm like, it's a movie. Are we censoring movies? Like, we don't do that in Canada. You can go get whatever movie you want i mean i don't think you can march in a blockbuster and get a snuff film but it wouldn't surprise me yeah um, oh, wow but so that you know that was the one the movie renting the movies uh the whole super bowl thing where janet jackson justin yeah about, like the nipple thing and yeah. like is that a is that an issue there? like it's a nipple <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm confused as to what the like you have a very janet jackson is an icon yeah and she's up there and we saw some nipple and that's great. Go to I'm gonna the, tell they, you they the, atrocity, the atrocity, the <laughs> atrocity
0: of that whole situation was how far down her boob fell.
2: <laughs> well, I, right. But I mean, even I like, that's it just not keeps something. Going. <laughs> it's. Uh, I was baffled by it, and I mean, you watch the clip on the internet, and I'm like, "Well, why are we, why are we getting all upset about this? I'm not, I'm not right, really right. sure why this is something to be upset about. It's family
1: um, friendly, and you know families. We don't show nudity, I, I guess. Nobody's nude in families anymore, or something. Well, it's, it's a boob.
2: Like it's yeah. a boob, and I'm pretty sure I she mean, had a it, nipple ring or something. There, there was a shit she of, did, yeah, her yeah, yeah, yeah. actually did. So I'm like, I've seen people at Walmart dressed less. So people,
0: I know. people in America are still freaking out about public feeding breastfeeding
2: so yeah, yeah. see that shocked <sighs> me and rabbit. even today so I have a woman I'm friends with she's still breastfeeding her daughter and how it, old is the get, daughter she's old well, as Nora I think she's about 9 months 10 okay. months so good on her good for okay. her right. for still, right. if, if you can do it good on you right. Um, yeah and we get dirty looks in public when she's feeding yeah. her and I'm like you know what she's not over there slapping you across the face with her Mm-hmm. if you don't if you don't like it grumble in your belly and keep walking right. like i mean if you draw attention to it and point fingers and whatever it's a baby eating it's, and people it's a boob like everybody yeah. we've all seen them we've all
1: seen, yeah so. which is exactly what it's for it's,
2: it's for that that's purpose. precisely it so yeah exactly. i mean we don't see as much of that in candidates and non we don't have special feeding areas for babies because it's a baby needs to eat you feed it that's right you know that's how you do stuff so it's just Um, so weird
0: in this country
2: yeah Yeah. and i mean i i hope it gets a little more progressive and i think it is i mean we've made great strides and there are still problems in canada with that i think mm
3: -hmm. but
2: not as it's not tolerated on a governmental or federal level like there's no discrimination allowed like if you're fired yeah so a little more peaceful. We're a little more chill. And pot's legal. So that just right. makes okay. it a lot more chill. Yeah. How did you That's- get into,
1: uh, into writing horror,
2: Jay? Well, it's a funny story. My mom will cringe. She'll listen to this and say she didn't spank me enough. Um, <laughs> but my, she went away on a work trip and left me with my dad. And as soon as she was gone, dad's like, okay my love it is time i think i was again this is after the dean coon so i was probably eight or nine years old he's yeah. like sit down and we spent the weekend we watched the exorcist Poltergeist. <laughs> oh!
3: <laughs>
2: there was four it was exorcist poltergeist C- uh chronos do not recommend i don't like that movie what was the fourth one anyways it was the classics yeah and the exorcist No, it wasn't Abneyville. I did see that shortly after, though. But yeah, what's really stuck with me was the Exorcist and Poltergeist, and it scared the shit out of me. And then I loved it. Like, Mm -hmm. I loved it. Yeah. And Dad used to write little short stories all the time. And so I started coming up with these really scary ghost stories about our house where we were living. And he's like, write that down. So we had the old, I'm going to date myself here, but we had the old black and green computer. The mm. old Mac. Yes. So I yeah. typed up all my stories and printed them out. And I actually made a little book of short stories, these little short horror stories. It was about 10. Um, and dad helped me handwrite letters and send it off to agents and stuff, who, of course, were like, no, you know, try again. Um, but I still have it. I actually still have that little book of, of stories that I wrote up. And then, of course, life got in the way. I had a career, had everything up there in Canada. And then moving down here, I couldn't work initially on the visa that i had mm-hmm. and then I, I got pregnant and i had my son so mm-hmm. after i had him i started writing again started yep. writing a few short stories mm-hmm. then wrote a full-length novel and the rest is history so wow yeah you know now we got um, to
0: read some of her stuff too yeah but we we'll are talking about that go ahead dicey
1: no 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 go ahead i feel like i've been talking uh a oh no deal. no so, worries
0: i was just I, gonna say she sent us a, a story to read
1: yes and and um and
2: rest in peace to your father Uh, oh thank you you. thank you yes it was it was a long battle with cancer which i promise anyone listening all my stories are not going to be about cancer but yes the last three are so i I guess deal with that um but now (laughs) now now that's
1: influenced when you were writing because of the 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 things that he had to go through with cancer oh
2: definitely yeah so I, I think I sent you guys the, the novella, the, the Feather and Flesh, the short book. Yes. Um, and that I started writing halfway through his diagnosis. So he was in treatment and he was, a lot of that stuff was just him and I sitting down and having a chat about what he could and could not do anymore and that he couldn't taste food anymore and yeah. um, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And I'm like, that's just really, it's really angry. Yeah. For me, and he said, "Well, what if there is an afterlife, but okay. it's only a stepping stone, and um, the, you can get to design what happens in your next few steps?" And we talked a little bit about that. And of course, then my creature horror brains, like you know, yeah, why why don't I create this fantasy world? So Fort Ramnon, which is the place in a feather of flesh, this afterlife kind of purgatory mm-hmm. town. Um, is actually based on a real place called Fort Norman, which is where dad worked for most of his young life. It's in northern Northern Canada. It's in the Northwest Territories, which is Mm -hmm. way up there by Russia. Mm. Um, And so it's modeled after that. But I'm doing a series of stories there. I have another one coming out in the next couple months called Consumption about the Wendigo. And Mm -hmm. that also takes place in Ramnon. So it's going to be a series of four novellas. Mm -hmm. No more cancer. There's no more cancer. Mm. No no more cancer. (laughs) That's Um, okay. But each is going to have a topic like that. So the Wendigo is about it's a a woman in an abusive marriage. Um, Mm. And it's probably the hardest horror I've ever written. It's really, really uncomfortable, gross. And I don't, I try not to write too much dirt horror, like just like, ooh. But this right. the one the Wendigo is a cannibal, so you can imagine. <sighs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah,
0: I I was enjoying a lot of the uh, the scenery you were putting in the story, especially with the the rotting meat everywhere.
2: Yeah, and that's a lot of creatures of folklore. So the a feathered flesh is about the slua, which is an Irish mythology, and I've I've kind of tweaked it a little bit. Um, the wild hunt, which is a flock of creatures meant to bring about death, harbingers of death. Um, Mm -hmm. The slua is like a flock. And they've they've been described as a flock of birds that fly in. The Catholics, I think, were the first to mention them. Um, Mm -hmm. That while they were reading someone their last rites on their deathbed, the slua would try and fly in and get the person's soul before the last rites were completed, after they started, but before they were completed. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, what if there's an individual entity there? So the slua are always part of a flock in yeah. Irish mythology. But I'm like, but what do they what do they do after work? Like where do they go for a drink? Like when it's not a whole flock of them, there must be individual things, individual right. creatures. So that's what I kind of took the legend and broke it down a little bit. Like that it, had in an individual slew. So it was
0: yeah. good. I enjoyed I was, it.
2: Had some fun with it. My, what I enjoyed uh, the
1: most was your description of that castration. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. In my defense,
2: <laughs> this has become a thing for me and it was unintentional. This is a horrible and really cute story is in my first book, Landing in Eden. I, well, it was a castration. Somebody zipped their penis off like a zipper. Um, You'd have to understand the context, but yeah, it, it was a thing. And then it happened in my second, I'm not, I'm a pantser, not a plotter. And for non-writers, that means I don't do an outline. Like I have a vague idea, but Mm -hmm. I just go with it. Because sometimes my stories go in different directions than I intend. And I want to let them do that. Um, So in my second story, somebody lost a dick. I'm like, (laughs) okay, this seems to be a theme for me. Uh So I'm going to intentionally do this now. So in every single one of my books there's at least one severed (laughs) penis if if not like 14 (laughs) and it's it's one of those things I did have someone ask me once at a convention why are you cutting off all the dicks I'm like well okay because it makes you (laughs) well it makes people real uncomfortable because that's really like you can do I so Chrysalis and Clan a book I wrote a few years ago I Mm -hmm. disemboweled Children, I cut the heads off animals. Like it went it sounds really horrible, but I did it really tastefully. Like, it's horror, yeah, it's horror. Right. Nobody yeah. had a problem with that. I had two people say, "Why'd you cut the dick off?" I'm like, "Wait a mm-hmm. minute, <clears throat> <Interesting>. I just, <laughs> I just slaughtered a family of five, and you're worried about his penis?" Like, I think <laughs> right. we need right. to, <laughs> think we need to talk about that. So, I, I have, have a great kinda, idea
0: for Jay's uh, super fan who might be listening. At her next con, just bring her little clay uh, figures of all the severed penises.
2: <laughs> oh, there'd be so many. There'd be so many. <laughs> I would be. I would be thrilled. I actually had a friend of mine say that she was going to bring me a Christmas tree this Christmas and have ornaments representing all of the severed penises <laughs> and the ways they were severed. I'm like, well, yeah, let's do it. But it's really funny what people get offended with. So I have had right. complaints about my books because, shocker, they're horror. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people get offended with with what they read, which is fine. I mean, it is a touchy subject. But sure. the penis, the penises, people do not like the penises getting cut off. And when people wet themselves, if when people openly pee, and I'm like, you know why I put that in there? Because it's making you uncomfortable. Right. And it would it would be uncomfortable. And unless very-
0: unless you're the guy in the video that Dicey watched a few weeks ago
2: oh no now i have to see the video enjoying the pee Uh, oh you know what there's that too you know i bet i have a fan base that does doesn't mind it and actually would like it to happen a few more times. so i just i think it's a thing and it's one of those conservative things it's like if you don't mind seeing five children get disemboweled but if i even look at that guy's penis sideways you're upset then i don't know my books you gotta be checking maybe <laughs> right a little bit of a look, so
1: you know Jay, I also enjoyed the part uh when she the the way she got her wings, and i am I'm, I'm not I'm trying not to do anything with the actual story itself, so I don't spoil it for any new readers that you get from this um this episode, but the um i I just want to mention the description of the wings when she she got her wings because I didn't know what was about to happen right there, yeah, and so the the reveal, like this is what's happening. I was like, Oh, well, that's a nice twist. I like that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it was something I wanted it to be a little bit pretty, because the whole yeah. thing's a little bit ethereal. Um, but mm-hmm. it's horrible too. I mean, if you sprout wings out your back, if you think of a bird's wings, um, oh. that's not comfortable. That that wouldn't yeah. be that would be a xenomorph predator kind of mm-hmm. tearing. So yeah, you mm-hmm. wouldn't want that. At it all, any- but
1: it's I'm sorry, go ahead.
2: Yeah, it's, it, it was one of those I was trying to picture how the skin, you know, on your spine, if you're you're sprouting wings, yeah, um, how that would feel and it would be qu- visually beautiful for someone watching and visually mm-hmm. beautiful knowing that you have wings like wouldn't yeah. that be an awesome thing. I wouldn't want to go through the process of sprouting them. Like I think that would be quite terrible. Yeah. So, yeah. Does anybody,
1: <laughs> does anybody have a problem with the suicide part of this story? <laughs>
2: Uh, they sure do. Um, I've had a couple comments about that. And I'm like, this is, there's a few things I've written about. And I try and I write the creature horror. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the creatures are not the horrible things in my story. Quite often. It's the real life stuff that bothers yes. me. Of course. Yes. Of course. Yes. So we have two themes in A Feather and Flesh. And we have the cancer, of course, which is a minor theme. It's right at the beginning and again at the end. Um, but then there's the suicide. Mm-hmm. So it comes, and this was, again, a conversation that I'd had with my father, um, mm-hmm. and how when you're nearing your end, and you know that you're nearing your end, it's like, we, well, you know, on your own terms, is that such a crime?
3: Right. Like, right. is that
2: such a bad, and that's extremely controversial, especially oh, down yeah. here. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would be correct in calling us the Bible Belt. but I mean, You are. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have critique groups that had a lot of problem with with that Mm -hmm. they said well yeah and i'm not voicing an opinion either way and as you know from the ending i don't give a concrete opinion either way Mm -hmm. um but it's it's there it is an issue with any kind of illness if you have ms if you have Mm -hmm. and and i'm not suggesting 20 30 year olds or someone with stage two cancer you know i mean it's a it's a very gray area but it yeah. is an issue. It is a social issue. And I think we don't, I'm not sure why we're so touchy to discuss stuff like this.
0: Yeah. Um, well, in, in cons- Japan, I think it's one of the main ways people die there because it's it's part of their culture. It's your choice.
2: Yeah. And, and that's what it is. It's all about choice and power. And I mean, it's hard for the people around you. But mm-hmm. is it? Like, is it harder to make that choice or for everyone around you to watch? Like if you're waiting for your end. Is yeah. that less pain? I don't think that's less painful, but to each their own. I think that's yeah. one of those yeah. things that consider it. I hope the piece makes people consider it as not automatically being the worst option out there. So um, consumption, the next book in the Ramon series, of course deals with an abusive relationship. It also deals with a miscarriage.
3: Mm-hmm. So,
2: and kind of the discussion around brief discussion around abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's in there. And people aren't going to like that either. But mm-hmm. it's very pertinent to the story and the choices that this woman makes on her road to Ramnon, essentially. Hmm, so yes. it's yeah. it's just issues. They're real and they're out there. And we can say people can say one thing, you know, they're pro-life. They're, mm-hmm. They don't they are agree with suicide. It's a sin. But you know what? Everybody's brain works that way everybody's gonna consider even if just for a flicker that Mm -hmm. there's other other options that are we really in control of our own bodies so yeah correct yeah Yeah. and we we
1: as writers that's a lot of what you do you you the question is formed you know uh, yes you and your dad are having a conversation and and these thoughts and these words, you know, they, they come and you start tossing these things around and then you start formulating an idea around that and the story and putting it together. That's that's how we create these worlds. So well, and exactly. I, and I could see that the whole time through this, starting with the tribute to your dad in the beginning and yeah. then going through with the whole story and seeing like I could almost I didn't know that you were having a conversation with him, but I could see the inspiration and how the questions that came up from what he was dealing with how you were answering those or trying to, you know, like your, your, your mind was, was trying to to piece these pieces together, not necessarily coming up with a definitive answer, like you said, but you're
2: creating these worlds based on the questions. Exactly. And it's, opening discussions and i mean people can hate it people can be really angry at me yeah you know what they're thinking about it and that's all i don't need people to agree with me right and in any of my stories i'm not giving real concrete position on anything any social issues like that right except for pro-life i do i mean i very you know it's so weird
0: yeah i i and one of my books and my series um there was a Basically, a sacrifice. So the female sacrificed her fetus for yep. magic for power, and I yep. never got anybody said one word about that.
2: Mm. And it's funny because fantasy seems to get a- away with it a little more. And Chantal, yours—the urban mm-hmm. fantasy. That's quite beautiful. That's almost expected. I mean, there's always trade-offs for magic. If we think about mm-hmm. Game of Thrones, mm-hmm.
3: we mm-hmm. had one
2: of the most beloved characters. We had Daenerys Targaryen and the choice of losing her child. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's nobody bad in an eye at that. Right? That's true. Because your tra- it's magic. It's, it's not of our world. And I think that's it. It's one of those... That
0: makes sense.
2: <laughs> it's out of our realm. Whereas my choices of my characters are very much in the real world. The creatures come after... Um, right. so people the, the re not that it's real at all. But right. the, kind of the the realistic discussion. Well, but,
0: horror lends itself to being that of almost like the Grim Reaper or the Santa Morta where you're gonna get your just desserts.
2: Yes. And that right. that
0: that's a carnal fear in most humans. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: And I think it's that fear of the unknown to its what if we are wrong or what if we are were right what if jay Mazer is
0: right and he slew
2: well you know what my there's, n- of my body. there's no what if i know no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> <You> go, <girl. laughs> i wish i wish it was true i wish something fantastical like that would be the end to it all but yeah That's
1: i'll probably, probably just boring.
2: end up de- dead <laughs> at a taco stand somewhere with too many margaritas i don't know what's gonna happen <laughs> but
0: <laughs> jay Mazer was found with a taco and a margarita today <laughs> I mean, I'd surprise. die happy.
2: Yeah, everyone would be like, yeah, that's about right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so back to the penises, I have another funny story about my dad. Okay. That that sounds terrible. But <laughs> so with my history of phallic manipulation, this, this, um, this kind of became a joke with everybody who knew me. And I thought, I mean, I'm friends with my parents on Facebook. They know, I mean, they raised me. They know what they did. They know what they created. Um. <laughs> But I never really gave much. My mom does. She's an avid reader. She was an English professor, but she doesn't. She won't read my books because she's that's she's not about that. Um, and dad, I wasn't sure if he did or did not read them. He read my first couple, but I think he he likes horror. But I'm his. I was his daughter. um So he we started writing a book together. And he said, cool. "I think this would be really cool. I have this cool character idea. I want you to write it for me." And I said, "Well, no, yeah. you're a writer too. We're going to write it together." And so what we would do is I wrote a chapter, mm-hmm. then I'd throw it over to him. We had no plot and we just went back and forth writing chapters. Hmm. And he sent me it was I can't remember if it was the fifth or sixth chapter, and he sent it to me and I read it. And I phoned him and I'm like, aw. He's like, I beat you too and I cut off the dick. <laughs> 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 oh dad. It was such a funny moment. My mom's like, I didn't spank either of you enough. I don't know what's wrong with you people. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, That's dad did horrible. me proud. And anyone who's read the book is like, "That's your chapter." I'm like, "It isn't. <laughs> that's Dad's. Dad did it." So, oh, that's awesome. that, yeah, yeah, that's terrific. Yeah,
1: that's a good story. Um, yeah, that's, so that's your signature that's a
2: brave now. man. <laughs> I guess that's my signature. He just thought it was hilarious because he was trying to get a reaction out of me, and I'm yeah. like, "Oh, it's it's staying in there." He's like, "Oh, oh, I'm like what?" Well, he, you know, it actually was a good plot point in the story for you know.
0: <laughs> you're yeah, like you he... cut a penis off i'm keeping it
2: yeah like we're not we're not putting that back on we're not putting that, i know healthcare is free but we're not putting that on it's a it.
0: it's gone that's awesome
1: yeah you know now, have another you... oh go ahead go ahead no 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 ahead. I was gonna
0: say, uh, Dicey named talked about uh, a- Aries. I guess is how they pronounce it, but it's Aries on Netflix. Have you watched that, Darren?
2: I have not watched it yet. It's funny because I was flicking through last night trying to decide what. To- I just finished The Witcher yesterday, um, mm-hmm. and I need something else to watch. That looks amazing. That looks right up my alley. Right. It's up alley.
0: it's interesting. I want you to watch it, and then at some point we can talk about it because it, when you were talking about, and obviously this was a, a long pause but when we were talking earlier about uh canada not having race issues it made me think of this show so you need to watch the show oh, <laughs> yeah
2: i you know i saw it and i was debating between that and there's like an october something on there it's got to October fr-
0: fraction yeah. yeah
2: so i'm like i think i wasn't sure about that but yeah i'll go on and watch the R- aries or aries aries yeah yeah um yeah i'm always on the lookout for shows like that but what about
1: lucifer because when we were talking about the wings lucifer came to mind
2: you know lucifer is a beautiful show um i i like i didn't love it i didn't continue on with it and i don't have any reason for that because Hmm. he's witty and he's Mm -hmm. beautiful and he's exactly what you would imagine him to be in that context when they did it, it
0: on netflix it gets good again
2: Okay, I need to go back yet because I didn't watch it. I watched it when it was on like prime time. Um, that's like Dracula. I'm sure you guys have covered this so I won't talk about it too much. No, it's oh, totally okay. Uh, love so it. D- love the I love the story of Dracula. I'm not a I'm hit and miss with the vampire genre. Uh-huh. I think that some people really nail. It. I think some people are, are ridiculous with it. Stephanie Meyer, um, but <laughs> she's I like love... ridiculous all the way to the bank, Mama. and you know what she doesn't care what i say about her she rolls around on her bed full of money so i guess (laughs) go her um but i love bram stoker's dracula Mm
3: -hmm. loved
2: it even though it had keanu reeves like if we're talking about bad actors and um (laughs) no this dracula it's funny i've had this discussion with so many people it's was so different than what i anticipated going in Mm. so my my favorite vampire show book of all time is 30 days of night
3: because Mm. they are
2: and it's me this is personal preference because they're Mm -hmm. creature vampires they don't Mm -hmm. speak english they don't speak a known language um and they're just feral they're these uninhibited hungry creatures so that it doubt i like the whole barrel a lot like we like our men exactly (laughs) exactly right so dracula kind of encompasses that he's kind of a dark there's a dark eroticism about Dracula, mm-hmm. and you go all the way back to whatever it was 1931 and bella lugosi and mm-hmm. even the the biting of the neck and how they depicted in the book of bram stoker's and on film um is not uh, under the jaw and the jugular it's in the nape mm-hmm. of the neck which is a very sensual area like he's a, a vampire is a very sensual creature
3: mm-hmm. now
2: right. this guy in this new uh, dracula Mm-hmm. I, I didn't I found him a little too campy and I know they, what they were trying to do I know I he wasn't as dark as I would have liked him to be mm-hmm. like he was a, he was a bit goofy for Dracula I mm-hmm. loved, loved sister Agatha and I loved oh, yeah. their their banter back and forth and after watching the first episode at the end of that episode where he goes all naked batshit <laughs> insane at the convent I'm yeah. like, we, we have ourselves a show here. Like, this yeah. is savage. I love this. Yeah. Um, and then the second episode kind of went a little bit, you know, murder at the Orient Express for me. <laughs> it went a, li- a little, <laughs> and then everybody hated the third episode. I won't spoil it. I didn't hate it. Mm-hmm. I, the, en- the ending was flawed. Um, But... If for anyone who's watched Sherlock on BBC, that's precisely mm-hmm. what they tried to do with Dracula, is bring an old character into modern times. I don't disagree with that. Right. I, I, re- I really liked what they did with Lucy. I really liked what they did with Lucy. Yeah,
0: it was very um, creative, and I,
2: I did enjoy it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, people have trouble with women who are sexual having any kind of power. And Mm -hmm. I don't feel that Lucy at any point really gave up her power. She made very conscious decisions through that episode and she was living her best. Like Lucy was making her choices. So Mm -hmm. I don't have any problem with that character. And people are like, it's really rapey. I'm like, it's quite the opposite. I found it quite the opposite. Yeah. Um, and I won't, of course, I'm not going to spoil it for everybody. Right, I right. thought it was a very interesting take on the traditional book. Because, of course, Lucy's in the book and she has the three suitors and it ends up a vampire stake through the heart, whatever. Mm-hmm. Which is not quite, it doesn't quite go that way in the show. And I thought that was an interesting take as a whole and lukewarm on the three episodes. But
1: yeah, yeah we, I we enjoyed did it. So on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. An yeah. On it. I'm not sure. I think we avoided spoilers on that one, didn't we? I think we
0: did. We were pretty we good managed. at
1: it. Yeah, we managed to.
0: But and I, yeah, things. I think it. I yeah. thought it was, I thought it was amazing, but we don't have to go back into it. But I yeah. just like the fact that there was so much more creature to it. Yeah. See, and
2: I do like the creature vampire. I really like mm. the creature vampire. That's so it's, mean. he did that at the comment. I'm like, oh, yes, there you yeah.
1: are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, another aspect in your book, in, in your novella that I read um, that I don't see a lot of is the Banshee. Yes. And, um, well, that, that was that was a bit different. And, you know, Banshee, Siren. I think you you um, kind of can't remember if there was a siren or if someone was named Siren or something like that. But the, the only other siren then that I can think of, there is a show about sirens. And then yep. on Lost Girl, there was a siren. But the whole Banshee, you know, is not something that it, I
2: see a lot of. It's interesting because I planned this series starting with the Slua. Um, and so I have four books planned in the series, and I have two and a half written. So, of course, The Feather and Flesh is the Slua. This one, Consumption that's coming out, is the Wendigo. And then the third book is The Banshees. So, the third book mm-hmm. actually revisits the Banshee Sisters from the Slua and oh, from when, cool. when they were younger women and becoming Banshees. And mm-hmm. some of the reviews I've gotten of Feather and flesh is people are loving the Banshees. They yeah, love the yeah. Banshees. That's and the whole yeah. Banshe- or Banshee mythology spans across cultures too. So it's, I mean, mm. I was doing some research into them. And there's a plethora of stuff I'm going to use in there. There's different types of Banshees. So um, Welsh Banshees are headless women. And they carry the blood mm. of their brain around in bowls of blood. Like they're walking around in gowns with their brain blood in a bowl. sounds kind of
1: inconvenient.
2: And <laughs> You know, I don't know how they see and I'm not sure why they're <laughs> carrying it. Why, and but then how do the they blood? scream I mean... with no head? Well, it, it wails out their throat. It's just a constant leaking wail, right? So it's a ah. cool concept. Kind of, um, Scottish Banshees are the wailing women by the water. So we've seen those before, I think, mm-hmm. where they, they have the washing board and they're washing the clothes of the dead. So if you see a, a Banshee... By the water washing your clothes, then you did. Like you're, you're gonna be dead ah. in the next 24 hours. Um, and then there's hmm. the wailing women, which is the the women we met in a Feather and Flesh, is the traditional. Oh, I thought Irish. you were talking about my family for a minute. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> it does fit. It does fit. <laughs> yeah, I so love it. That's great. I'm excited. I'm excited about my now. The fourth book is a creature that I've created that was actually in my book, The Sisters Three, which is the. A kind of a a merge of a kraken and a mermaid which i called the vontex which is a danish the danish for water witch um hmm. and i've used her i had her in a short story that i won a an award for and then i put her in my full-length book but i hmm. never had an an origin story for the creature so that's going to be the fourth ramdon mm-hmm. book that's, that's exciting yeah. I just like the creature horror. It's going to get old. I mean, I, I just want to do the four books and move on. Um, but I do like it right now. I do like the folklore of horror. You know, horror we do, we
0: talk to, to many authors and we we talked to a horror author not that long ago. I I particularly admire your work. You've always been a very precise and well-written author. And I'm just kind of curious if you have any advice for the listening folk on how to uh how to work with horror
2: read it Mm -hmm. and read the stuff that you hate and read the stuff that you like um i try to read old horror i think as a foundation it covered like you have lovecraft which is horrible to read sorry to the community that loves lovecraft Mm -hmm. he's real dry he's dry he's hard to read he creates fantastic worlds and he has created Cthulhu, which is the basis of most horror now. Um, mm-hmm. He's hard to read, but I do read him to see how he constructs those worlds. Uh, Stephen King, lots of people love him, lots of people hate him. He's a brilliant storyteller. I am one of the mm-hmm. people that loves Stephen King, so I will read everything that comes out. Dean Coons, different flavor than Stephen King. He's more elevated in his language now. So I try and read him, even though I find you know, his writing is a little bit flowery for my taste. Clive mm. Barker, mm. definitely off in left field from Stephen King. Love, love Clive Barker. You guys are going to Frightmare this year, correct? We are. Mm. He is at Frightmare again this year. I met him two years ago at Frightmare. He's coming back with Candyman. So it's you him. Gotta you got to come. You got to come. I am coming. Oh, I'm coming. Oh, I'm awesome. right, I already got my tickets. I actually got host hotel for the first year. So I'm actually going to be at the venue. So... Thank uh, We're going to crash I, a room. I'm
1: just, we're going to come party
2: at Jay's room. <laughs> you know what? Uh-huh. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. It's always a good time. Um, Barker is extremely supportive of indie authors. Um, always oh, good for a little awesome. chit chat with him. So, yeah. So read, read, read. Definitely read. And if something, if something makes you uncomfortable, and this is something I fell into a couple of years ago, is that I was holding back. And I was in a critique group. Oh, trying to be diplomatic here. I loved my critique group. They were very good. None of them were horror. I was the only horror writer in the group. And I found myself censoring what I was writing. And it was after I had a a brief conversation with George Romero at Frightmare, whatever that was, 2013. And then again with Clyde Barker. It's like women horror writers, and you, you ladies know are often seen as not being able to write as viscerally as the men mm-hmm. and it's something that's almost considered impolite um Anne rice gets a lot of flack her sleeping beauties although it's more erotic than it is horror but she gets mm-hmm. a lot of flack for that i'm like mm-hmm. bitch has anybody read clive barker because he is vile and i mean i love him mm-hmm. but he writes stuff where you're just like oh god i need a shower Um, he wrote a book cold creek um cold heart canyon which is about a mansion a haunted mansion in the hollywood hills and the guy goes and he's the only one in there that's not a ghost and there are ghost orgies everywhere like we have a double penetration human and ghost we have some really questionable stuff very young people uh, you know he didn't with very old people so somewhat and bestiality lots of stuff going on and no okay. one ever blinks blinked an eye at that so i oh. uh, over the past few years i'm like you know what i'm gonna rip off that dick i'm gonna have my slew up <laughs> actually right, 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 right. pull that shit up. because if that's what i'm if that's where my brain goes i'm not the only one who's thinking this and if it makes me uncomfortable like i write it and i'm like the like consumption this book i just wrote when I was going back over my second draft, I'm like, this is, who the fuck wrote, this is horrible. <laughs> this? And I'm like, but that's what I, that's where I was going. It should be horrible. I right. should I love have it. that reaction. So, yes. um, I've everybody... had that
0: reaction to myself and I just put the book away because I couldn't handle it.
2: Yeah, and that's something that I want to go for. Like, there's a few that, this will be funny that I'm going to say this. There's a few things I won't touch on such as animal abuse. I I say that I you kill killed a lot of animals. I know. See, I said I it.
0: you killing animals.
2: Yeah, what remains is
0: is
1: they weren't tortured.
2: Well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't overtly, explicitly torture them. Okay, let me rewind. So, <laughs> children and animals, I try and stay away from. Now that being said, I have slaughtered some children in my shorts. Um, but but they come back as ghosts and they kick some ass and they win. It's okay. like you know, um, the animals. So Sh- okay, what chantelle is referring to is she was in this critique group with me. I think when this happened, and that, the waif and the witch. It was in Mel Allgood's mm-hmm. collection. Mm-hmm. I had a little girl who was possessed by a demon, and she went walking down the streets of wherever she was, in New York, and she picked up a puppy and. Uh, ripped it apart and ate it and buried it in the dirt, and then she turns into blah blah blah. And the critique group's like, "Oh my god, you killed the dog!" I'm like, "I also, I also killed the eleven-year-old girl." <laughs> um, <laughs> that, kind of, but, that was so funny. But I yeah. guess, and that one, uh, Mike Gibson, a big loss to the writing community, actually ran that critique group, and that was the one time we get to him. He usually had an in-depth critique for me. He's like, "Well." I mean this in the most endearing way possible. He's like, "You're one sick bitch." <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, I take that as a ringing endorsement for me. Right, right. And, and he he's like, it. "I did this right." <laughs> he and he meant it. He actually meant it as a compliment. He's like, uh, "This disgusts me." Like, you disgust. Good stuff. Good. Good. Mm-hmm. Very good. So, but yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I've killed dogs, but I don't do. I had one scene of sexual assault in the book, Crone. And I was with Chantel and Jess Rainey at Denny's, and when I was writing it, and I I remember running it by them and saying, "Okay, she's getting raped. She's gonna get raped by this family member, Um, Mm. but she's a child, so I'm it's gonna be off-page. Like we're not gonna read it. I'm gonna lead up to it, and Mm. she's gonna run away from it. But that's so I try and do it as tactfully as possible, and I never overtly say what happened to her. I just the reader's just gonna have to assume. Mm-hmm. What happened. right so right. i remember reading past and to the what table. is
0: for your for your reason in your mind why do you feel that that's, that
2: is how I, you would write that i think that it's i don't want to glorify it okay. so and this goes back to the media and i keep referring to consumption only because that's fresh on my brain but i have a notorious killer in consumption um that actually was a killer in alberta way back in the day and the, mm. the crimes are really glorified and you have sexual assault and we hear all about it. We hear the, de- we want those details. When you're reading the news, people are all about that, but that's part of the power play. And that's, right. it's never really about the sex and just the physical act of it, especially with children. It's an authority thing. And mm-hmm. it's the authority that I'm going to get noticed for doing this. And people are going to read this and I have the power to make people really uncomfortable so I'm going to take that away like that act is nothing that act is nothing that anyone Mm -hmm. wants to read about that anyone wants to hear about like we know that it occurs we know Mm -hmm. that sex trafficking is occurring out there and we need to discuss saving women and saving boys and saving men um we don't need to discuss exactly what's going on because that's giving the abusers the power See, and that's how I
0: feel about it as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So So. you want to take that away because it isn't about, you know, put dick in here, job is done. That's not Mm -hmm. what it's about at all. It's everything Mm -hmm. surrounding that. So you've got to take that away from them.
0: I think you need to do a a novella on how to get, if you are young, how to rip a penis off in three easy steps. (laughs) You know
2: what? So let's.
0: nowadays we need some vigilante justice with all this
2: human trafficking going on that's what i'm saying i mean rip a dick off i bet that's gonna slow down like i'm serious <laughs> and then make a necklace you know we're gonna call idea. this
0: episode ripping dicks
2: ripping dicks <laughs> so if you made a necklace or a lanyard and hung a severed dick on it and just walked around like that like bitch come at me uh, mm-hmm. This is what what's happening here. I bet it would slow down. I bet shit would just slow down out there because it's not—it's <sighs> crazy. There's not yeah. enough fear. I read a thing a couple years ago, whether it's true or not. You know, social media um about a condom that a university student created that essentially had teeth i don't know if you guys have seen the movie teeth but if they mm-hmm. got r- raped that women were wearing this female condom um and if they got raped and the guy tried to pull out that of course it's a one way like a frog mouth the teeth just get you i'm like it's nice. sad that we live in a world like that like that, that movie teeth yeah. yeah exactly like that movie that movie yeah Perfect. So I mean, that's a brilliant idea. It's sad that we're there, but we are there. So yeah, yeah.
0: It's it's is we talk we almost talk about human trafficking every fucking episode.
2: Yeah, because it's so prevalent
0: now. It's it is, and uh, I've already said this on the show, and I don't know if you heard, but they say in Houston there is more brothels than Starbucks right now.
2: Yep, and it seems like even and I live in Little suburbia up by tomball mm-hmm. and there's stuff getting shut down up here all the time and i'm not suggesting that's the area i live in i just think it's it is in your neighborhood
3: wherever
0: yeah. you are
2: it's there it's there mm-hmm. like you can't say that galena is the only one that has these problems because yeah, yeah like well, heck the other day town. when they
0: had that that chemical explosion at that manufacturing place i thought i wonder how many of those 200
2: homes were brothels well, exactly. Right. It's, it's, yes. it's one of those things that it is out there and we can turn a blind eye. But we got I think we need to talk about it more. And people need to talk, have these dick conversations about those dicks need ripped off. That's um, right. Because <laughs> then an awareness, the secretiveness is part of the draw as well. It's not just about pushing 100%. Products and by, by right. product, meaning the humans. It's the whole culture of it it's the whole under criminalization exactly
1: exactly that's right and
2: and that's appealing that's appealing to those who are running these rings so
0: Mm -hmm. i mean we're running real real close on time and i don't want to keep you jay but um i will say uh dicey read a few cases where they're now holding uh writers responsible for glorifying these acts Reminded well, to send you books. this
1: case cuz there was one of them that was out of Canada. Um those and... Canadians,
2: I'm telling you, you got to watch them. <laughs> you got to watch them.
1: There was, there was one where it it was it was being brought up in court uh with charges filed. Um I don't know where it's going to go, but it was the fact that it was being um being a, a chargeable offense in and of itself for a writer of fiction is what kind of piqued my interest into this story to begin with
2: huh, so. I would love to read that and that's one of those things is that personal accountability although society does create us we do have autonomous thought so if right 50 people read my dick rippers I guess I'll call them right you know, if they're not bodice <laughs> rippers we'll call them dick rippers and one person cuts off a penis um, right I, I'm thinking that that one person might have had a little bit more going on than reading my book yeah so, right like I, I, hope-
1: I am, I am really cautious of the slippery slope of an artist because this, this is artistry that we're doing here. You're crafting these worlds and these fictitious worlds that's to escape the real world, and, exactly. and people take that as a hmm, that's a good idea. I mean, no, no, that's not, that's not what we're saying.
2: Yeah. It's not a good idea. And I think that it, it's one of the. You could do a whole episode on this, but it's one of those we either have it in us or we don't if you have the capacity to grab someone's dick and rip it off their body that's no easy feat believe me I've researched it <laughs> um yeah easy then you've to got something going on. it is I mean you've got something going on if you're able to do that so although yeah, I gotta say got
1: Lorena Bobbitt with a with the actual hatchet. oh yeah yeah.
2: Exactly. So, I guess, you know, end of the story is if that does go through and artists start getting charged for stuff like that, I'm really toast if dicks start falling off. So, Girl, just you're just me... going to
0: have to put some uh, warnings in the beginning. That's it.
2: Or <laughs> not... you ladies just have to bring me cake in jail. Like, Man, there's a lot of
1: people that's going down before us. Stephen King, I mean, uh, oh, Antis, yeah. everybody's going down. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's where's the limit you know with, with exactly
2: like exactly yeah. well and i gotta say i mean if that was a, a a pervasive crime if dicks were getting ripped off oh the old boys would have that solved real fast oh <laughs> yeah that would not that would be continue. a trend
0: they would be trying to get rid of
2: <laughs> oh every government resource is no nope, keep your penises keep uh, operation keep penis intact mm-hmm. so yeah
0: exactly we know what kind of world it is when they spend all the money they spent on researching viagra but our asses can't get a fucking birth control pill that doesn't fuck
2: our bodies up <laughs> exactly right yeah so operation dick rip foiled what are you gonna do <laughs> this
1: episode is called dick ripping 101 Yeah. yes dick, I'll
2: offer evening classes in the fall <laughs> <laughs> I love it
3: well,
0: so Jay, so we're on um, yeah we're getting to the end here why don't you tell the listeners uh what what shows you're going to be doing this year before we get to the very end
2: oh goodness okay so let's see i'm getting real old my memory here so mm-hmm. we have what do we do in february march uh a Freightmare in may comic palooza is also in may i do have a table there i'm on a couple panels there's mm-hmm. something before that uh, I can't remember what it is. I'm at Copperfield Books
3: mm-hmm.
2: in Thanks. May as well. And then I'm at the Houston Horror Film Fest in June. I'm very excited about that one. So yes,
0: we're excited yeah. about it. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. so
2: that'll be a good one. Uh, there's a couple little cons here and there um, that I'll post, of course, into my Facebook page and all around social media. Um, but yeah, the big ones are Palooza, Frightmare, the Houston Horror Film Fest, The Copperfield book is a local book fair. That's a really good little one, Uh, especially since I'm usually the only horror writer. I get Uh all the business. (laughs) Nice. Um, And where can they find
1: you on social media?
2: J Mazer. I made it real simple. So across any platform Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, it's just J Mazer. J Mazer, J Mazer.
1: J A E M A Z E R, listeners. J A E M A Z E R.
0: You You will not be disappointed unless you have a penis. (laughs)
2: <laughs> and then you might you might cross your legs but you yeah. might not be disappointed i don't know I yeah.
0: mean, who yeah. knows? you might you might think maybe that person deserved that penis to be
2: taken off <laughs> i mean we we don't always deserve a dick right so right a dick needs to be earned
0: i've com- i've converted my household we no longer say stop being a pussy now we say stop being a ball sack because ball sacks can't take a hit like a pussy
2: not even a flick. They can't even take a flick. <laughs> no.
1: Oh. I remember Betty White said that, right? Betty White.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Betty White. All right, well, thank you so much, ladies. Well, it's been a thank pleasure. Thank you for
2: your time. Was it went by open. so
1: quick. Thank you, Jane.
2: Yeah, and thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. Come back again. Absolutely. will do. Have
2: a good one. Take run. care, ladies. Tell you. Right. Bye.
1: See y'all. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Sex and Horror. Make sure you subscribe and join our Facebook group. If you'd like to be a guest, let us know. If you have a topic to suggest, a movie, TV show, book, song to be featured, let us know. You can follow me at ChantalRenee.com. And I'm at Dicey Grunner all over social media. You can find me on my website, DiceyGrinnerBooks.com. See, See you next, next week for Sex and, and Horror. horror.